Hello, you're listening to Gaze Gaze, in which we're gay and we gaze into media that's by, for, or about ladies who love ladies. And sometimes we talk about other stuff. I'm Erin, and I had no idea something so tantalizing was going down just beyond my wall. It's luring me in. And I'm Erin, and American Barbecue Showdown? They're eating raccoon meat! (laughs) (laughs) How excited are you to talk about... She loves to cook and she loves to eat. I'm so excited because I love to read. She loves to cook and she loves to eat. You don't really love to cook or to eat necessarily, right? No, I don't. Maybe loving to eat a little bit more than loving to cook. I love to eat sometimes. It depends on what it is. This morning, my girlfriend was like, oh, what are, or like, what are you recording on? And I was like, it's like, She loves to cook and she loves to eat. And I was like, I don't love to cook, but you love to eat. (laughs) I laughed. Ha ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) This manga is so relatable that you're even finding ways to relate to it, even when it's something that you don't relate to the manga about. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, who doesn't who doesn't love to see somebody just enjoying life and enjoying their meal? You know what I mean? And indulging and spoiling even yeah oh my gosh yeah Ooh. Ooh. we we really love to see and who doesn't love to see women in their 30s finding themselves and finding love i know making friends and maybe more (laughs) i don't know wait they they are in their 30s right i just assume that they're like 30 31 32 i don't know they might be in their 20s but it is unclear they are definitely adults, though. Working, yeah. working adults. Yeah. And it seems like they're pretty established in their careers. So I think they've been doing whatever they're doing for at least a while. Yeah. And oh, my God, a Yuri manga about adults that doesn't focus on their career. I know. <laughs> Holy shit. That in and of itself. Oh, my God. Where? where why? Isn't there more out out there that's like this? This is this series is so good. And the thing is, is that like I, I don't want to say it's really not that special, because it is very special in that it's a very, very good Yuri manga. But it's yeah. so normal. Yeah. Like, why isn't there more stuff that just is so fucking normal? <laughs> like, I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. I mean, I really have to like give it to the author and the artist who's the same person uh yuzaki because like there's something about this that just like completely draws you in Mm -hmm. the writing the the panels the character is like it's just it's a total package it's a must read i know Uh, also i should note that we don't know the gender of the author they have chosen to keep that anonymous oh okay yeah so yuzaki and this is like really the only big thing that they've done too. They they did one um boys love manga as well. <laughs> they did, yeah. I which I read. <laughs> Wait, really? Oh my god, I would love to talk about that, but let's save it yeah. right now to to talk about the main thing at hand, which is she loves to cook and she loves to eat. Yeah. The only content warning I could really think for the series before you jump in is that there is some discussion of unsupportive families. But other than that, there's really not that much discussion about homophobia or barriers in the world. There's a lot of discussion about coming to and finding your identity. More of that will be unpacked in volume three. Erin, did you read ahead of the official translations? Because I just read the first two volumes. Yeah, I just read the first two volumes too. I didn't know that the third volume 
was maybe illicitly available. <laughs> it it may or may not be. It, it definitely is available in Japanese, and actually the fourth volume is already out in Japanese. Oh, really? Oh. I don't know if you know this, but as of June 15th of this year, 2023, the fourth volume concluded in Japan, and the author announced that they were going to be taking an extended hiatus. Aw. They said that they're having some health concerns, and they're just not able to work on the manga right now. So, unfortunately, it is on a break. So, But here in the U.S., Volume 3 is coming out in October 17th, which is just a couple weeks away. Yeah. And the fourth volume will still be coming out sometime next year. We just don't know when the fifth will eventually get here. So hopefully it isn't an indefinite hiatus. Well, the author should take it easy. I know. Yeah. I Also, it, like I'm glad that they're taking a break for their health. At the same time, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm too, I've been too burned by Nana. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I would just love to see how their story eventually concludes someday, you know? Yeah. But let's talk about what that story is. All right. So in this manga, we have Yuki Nomoto, and she is like a food microblogger, and she posts her meals online for her followers. And she really enjoys it, but she feels held back because she dreams of making these giant big dishes, but she doesn't want to have to eat them. So she's immediately interested when she sees her neighbor, Katsuga, coming up the elevator with this huge order of KFC. And when Yuki asks if it's for a party, Katsuga says, no, it's all for her. And so Yuki is immediately so interested and she starts fantasizing about cooking for her. And so after she accidentally stress cooks this big meal, she goes out on a limb and she invites her neighbor over and Katsuga, she scarfs everything down. And it's in that moment, Yuki realizes that all she really wanted was someone to share her cooking with. And so the two start eating together and then they start cooking together and then they take a trip to the farmer's market together and each of the ladies independently notice that the world is really opening up for them in new ways uh, because of the other. And at the end of volume one, Yuki asks Katsuga to spend Christmas and New Year's with her. <laughs> oh no, someone's crying. I could hear it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh Sorry, I'm trying to... My phone charms. My phone's, like, falling off the desk, but my phone charms are making so much noise. <laughs> the clap of my phone charms. <laughs> <laughs> I've been having that problem on Discord when I'm on calls <laughs> or playing Minecraft on speakerphone, and I pick up my phone, and, like, everybody's like, um, what the fuck is <laughs> Why is it hailing where you are? <laughs> so, in Volume 2, we find out that Yuki's mom is pressuring her to find a boyfriend, and that Katsuga doesn't go home to her family because it's this really conservative, traditional family. And within that family, the women didn't get to eat very much. And so she ended up distancing herself from her family after high school because she didn't want to live under that hierarchy and just like literally and figuratively starve herself from the joys of life. Once the two open up to each other, Yuki realizes how cute she finds Katsuga, and soon after, she comes to terms with the fact that she's probably a lesbian, but there's no way she could tell Katsuga that. Oh, what if it ruins their friendship? But at the end of volume two, the pair watch the sunrise together on New Year's Day, while Katsuga reflects on how much fun she's had being with Yuki. So, it's... 
it's short and it's sweet and it's so cute and it mm-hmm. it really draws you in. If you're a listener of the podcast, you know that I I tend to lean towards the darker side of things. Mm-hmm. But this this like I'm 100% on board. It's perfect. I love it. <laughs> it is perfect. And and the thing is to about it is that it's a realistic romance story that isn't overly saccharine. Like yeah. it's not so sugary sweet that you can't enjoy it like there there is definitely a lot of wholesome romance moments and you're watching these two women very clearly fall in love but at the same time it's not being sappy about it yeah like i i think that my sorry i'm picking up my phone (laughs) (laughs) i think that my favorite example of this too is from this was from volume one Um, I'll just quote something that Kasuga says to Nomoto. I was putting some thought into a more grown-up way for us to hang out. And what do you think about going out for ramen at midnight in our PJs? Yeah. And making a bucket pudding. And Nomoto's like, those sound great! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And... In, at the same time, too, Nomota is, like, kind of fantasizing about what a more grown-up way to hang out might be. And she's like, we're going to get all gussied up and go to a swanky bar. We're going to attend afternoon tea at a fancy hotel. And the reality <laughs> of it is, like, let's go get ramen at midnight in our pajamas. Like, Yeah, let's, let's go watch Netflix and, and eat some, like, marinated eggs. <laughs> it's, like, the creature comforts that we all really want that she is trying to get Nomoto to indulge more in. Right. And I feel like that also is the basis for a lot of their relationship is that both of them is trying to get the other one to just like indulge in what they like more often. Right. And I think that's really what makes this so engaging because there can be a lot of expectation about, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm an adult now. I can't, you know, buy Hello Kitty figurines or whatever. Or, you know, like I'm going to have to be an adult in a like in an adult relationship where Mm -hmm. like we do X, Y, Z. But it's your relationship with your partner can be whatever you want it to be as long as it makes you happy and makes the other person happy. Exactly. Exactly. And that is what they're coming into too. And I think that also is a is part of why their relationship is not so clearly defined in earlier volumes. Yeah. If just because it's like, we just really like one another's company and we're doing something that we enjoy. We don't necessarily like need to label it. We don't necessarily right? like need to seek more right now because they're it's very obvious that they're both having so much fun and feeling so satisfied it isn't until near the end of volume two when nomota has her realization that she is in her own discovery a cisgender lesbian that they start um unpacking some more and they're I, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but there will be some more identity formation stuff happening in volume Ooh, three. Ooh, all right. Yeah, so we will see. Oh, that's so exciting. I know. I think so, too. So it'll be interesting to read. It's coming out in three weeks. I know, I've got uh, it on pre-order. <laughs> but man, um, I also, just about this, it's a very, very dead-on depiction of the lesbian experience of, like, this is my friend, but also I have a crush on them. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering what it would be like if it was more. And yeah. also the realization too, that like it kind of was more all along and yeah. she, she just necessarily hasn't seen it yet until she had, until she had her gay awakening really. Yeah. And I think too, it's interesting because we get to see her put together all the pieces of the puzzle. Uh, like the exposition is so good of her being like, 
why does everybody always assume that I'm going to be with a man? I don't yeah. think I'm going to do, but she doesn't recognize that she's gay yet. Like, yeah. at the same time of her being like, why does everybody think I'm going to get together with a guy? She doesn't realize that she like wants to be with a woman or that that is even necessarily an option for her. And Aaron, too, what did you think? So I know we've talked about not really loving the coming out story. That's her. In a manga. You just got to do it good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering how you were feeling about the coming out sequences here. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It is funny. I think this is becoming kind of a trope in the day and age that we're in, but like going online and taking the gay quiz. <laughs> yes, am I gay quiz. Did, did you take the am I gay quiz? I don't think so. I definitely took an am I gay quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it is a, a more common experience. Yeah. Maybe I didn't. I just don't remember. But That's if I fair. did, it wasn't very formative for me, quite yeah. honestly. I mean, neither for me, I think. And also, like, I when I took the gay quiz, it was, like, in high school where I was, like, I wonder if I'm bisexual. And then I took the gay quiz and then I was, like, wow, it says I'm bisexual. Like, I, I'm not bisexual. <laughs> I guess I'll alert. use that for <laughs> 10 years or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, those those quizzes are, are also, they're made by the youth for the youth. It's, it's not in-depth. Um Yes. Also, sorry, Chili has insisted she has to be in my lap and meowing. No! And she'll be on the podcast. It's Chili! (laughs) Chili Pepper, did you like... What? She's so vocal! I know, yeah, I know. She loves to talk. Um, Yeah, for all the listeners who are familiar with uh, my cat, Pepper, Jude and I have recently adopted another cat. We got her about two months ago. Her name is Chili. She's so (laughs) sweet. She looks exactly like Pepper. Um, They're two little twins. Uh, Unfortunately, Pepper hates her, but we're working on it. Don't worry. We'll get there eventually. Chili is just the sweetest little cat ever. She's so sweet. Welcome to the podcast. She is insisting she needs to to be heard about Yuri today. (laughs) I'm so glad. Yeah, but anyway, I I liked this coming out sequence a lot because it's not so much about like, oh, no, I can't believe I'm gay. It's more about like, oh, you know, I think I'm gay and I can connect this back to other points in my life where I didn't necessarily understand the feelings that I was feeling. And now this makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it, yeah, I, I don't know. So I liked it. I like. I also appreciated that it was honestly pretty short too. It wasn't yeah. something that she like really needed to deliberate over. It was just like, oh, I found the label that explains my experience. Yeah, like it literally, it is this quick. It's like I found the label that defines my experience. Now I know that it is normal and okay for me to accept my feelings for my friend. Yeah, and what am I gonna do about that? Like, yeah. I'm gonna have to tell her. So I'm just going to have to figure out the right time to do it. It's like very much, very decisive in its coming out. Yes. The dilemma is not, oh, no, I'm gay. The dilemma is like, I have a crush on my friend. (laughs) I know. And then also the other dilemma, which comes up a lot, is um, my mom is assuming that I'm going to get with a man. And I'm just sick of her making these assumptions about me. It's not even like oh no, how do I please my family and like do the right thing? It's just like, I wish that my mom wasn't making this assumption about my life. That was the chapter that made me tear up a little bit. I I guess it's kind of silly and thinking back on it, but the part that made me tear up a little bit is that there's a frog and toad 
book yes. being shown, but it's it's Sheba and Wolfie, and I was like, oh, Sheba and Wolfie. I know she's a fr- <laughs> she was thinking back on her childhood, like, oh, what did I like when I was a kid? I loved Frog and Toad, not yeah. Frog and Toad, but it's like, oh, that makes so much sense as a gay person for me to like Frog and Toad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also liked that they explore just, and again, this is like all within one chapter, so it's pretty short, but like, uh, Nomoto goes online to search lesbian stuff and is accosted by Google because a bunch of porn comes up. Yes. And yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's also very real. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is not what my experience is like. Yeah. Um, but then obviously she's able to go beyond that. I feel like some of the parts that were really getting me emotional were anything that had to do with Kasuga, quite honestly. Um, I think she's such an interesting yeah. character. Nomoto is, she's the protagonist of this story. Yeah. For sure. And Kasuga is her love interest. We're seeing everything from Nomoto's perspective. And learning more about Kasuga's backstory, it also is like, oh, we're connecting the dots here, too. Um, where she grew up in a very conservative household where the women in her family were told that they couldn't take extra portions at meals or that um, they had to present very femininely. And that's something that just never really connected for her. And so she always felt like an outlier in her family. And now she's gone no contact with them as a result of that. And so she's always been alone and coming to come to grips with the fact that somebody's interested in, in her and not only interested in her but pursuing her is also just really sweet to watch that develop yeah and who loves the fact that she loves to eat <laughs> exactly and wants to indulge that for her and wants to support all of the things that she likes it's really good i also i really like her design as well i feel like it's a very anime trope that if you have a character who loves to eat they are real thin like, I think a great example of this, and this has been talked about to death, but, like, uh, Usagi from Sailor Moon is just as thin ah. as everybody else in that series, but she likes to eat a lot. And it's, like, a plot point that comes up is that, like, oh, you can't eat too much. You'll gain weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was nice to see, like, you know, just a depiction of a bigger character. I know. I will say, too, that reading this manga, I think, is the first time that I've read a Yuri manga, specifically a Yuri and have really felt like this character actually looks like me. Yeah. It's a very affirming feeling to read a story with characters that kind of depict your reality and the people that are in your reality, too. Yeah. Sadly, I was also, just just as a side note, I was looking for other Yuri manga that features plus-size characters, and the selections are so limited. Oh, really, yeah. this is the manga that you're going to be looking at if you're looking for um, depictions of fat or plus size characters. And also, Kasuga too isn't necessarily like, she's a very large woman, but also she's very tall. That's a very prominent characteristic about her, like that she's like six feet tall. Yeah. Some of the other Yuri manga that I was looking at that are cited for having plus size characters are Murcielago. Which we have read, obviously. <laughs> oh no, they're not talking about that character that the artist was obviously having a really hard time drawing, were they? No. Um so oh. it- Wait, they were talking about the big buff lady? 
Yeah, so Ron. What? She's not plus size. She's just. She's, just... she's a beefcake. I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I think that that is the thing is that a lot of the depictions of quote unquote plus size Yuri characters are going to be your like very muscular characters. Because the, the other example that I found, and this is something that's been on my to read list for a while now, but I'm just not that interested in post apocalyptic stories, which this one is, mm-hmm. is super hazardous waste disposal or SHWD. It's basically after like a giant world war, there's this group of women who dispose bioweapons. And it's one of those series that I think being Yuri is definitely not the focus of the story, but all of the characters are women and one of the major characters is gay. And all of the women that are featured in that are like are like very tall, very buff, very strong, muscular women. Mm. And so again, even just finding content featuring very muscular women is really hard in Yuri. There are also some one shots out there, but we're talking like four to 10 page stories. Mm. One example that I also found is called Office Lady and Big Girl, which is by Sal Zhang, who is the author who wrote Black and White Tough Love at the Office, by the way. Ooh, all right. Yes. Still on the to read list. That was recommended by Erica. Yes. Uh, Though Erica said it wasn't a recommendation, just to be clear. Oh, that's right. They don't do recommendations. (laughs) I forgot. They don't do recommendations, but it was something that they have been enjoying at the time. Yes. And it's something that I read and that I, I think it's pretty good, but also it left me wanting a little bit more if just for the fact that all of the plot is really revolving around their conflict. But I'm excited for the next volume to come out to learn where the story where the story goes from here. Anyway, the author did write a one sh- a four page one shot called Office Lady and Big Girl, which is about like a drunk office woman who meets like a kind of I guess you could say like ditzy or clueless, very busty, very curvy woman on Ooh. the street, and they ha- <laughs> they have. Um, a funny interaction about like drunk lady just being like, well, if nobody is going to love your big ass, I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do love that. actually. Yeah. Um, very silly. But yeah, if, if you're looking for like an actual substantive story that has like a real plot, we're looking at, she loves to cook. She loves to eat for your, for yeah. your plus size. Yuri really is, is what it is right now. Um, and hopefully we'll get more in the future. All right. And I also, I did Google super hazardous waste disposal. And mm-hmm. I, I do love this character design. She she is a beefcake. I know. She's a, she's a beefcake, it. short hair. She's really cute. <laughs> like, oh, all right. <laughs> anyway, yeah. It costs you that too. It's like, you can tell that Sakaomi Yuzuki loves drawing big women eating delicious food. I'm like, yeah. thank you. Do more of that. Draw what you love. Draw her taking a giant bite yeah. of a salmon filet. I want to see it. Right? Because I love it too. Man, and I do also, um, uh, Nomoto, I mean, there are so many reaction shots of her just like absolutely beaming and glowing. And I know. So, like, just so enjoying that, like, Somebody like her friend is enjoying her cooking and that she gets to witness it. And it's it's very cute, too. There's a scene where they go to this that they go to this restaurant that Katsuya like frequents because it has really good fried chicken. 
and initially that we see early on in the manga she goes there and like without asking the chef there gives her a smaller portion of rice because he's like you shouldn't eat too much and she's like Mm -hmm. and she has no problem she's like no give me the big portion of rice like and then she eats all of it and then uh, afterwards the wife of the chef like kind of scolds him and it's like why you shouldn't do that that's so rude and then ever since then they start asking people how much rice do you want and then when they Mm -hmm. see katsuga come in they she wants the big portion and they're happy to give it to her because she really enjoys it and it's noteworthy that she brought nomoto on that day as a date too and the women yeah. the, the wife is like oh my god you two girls come on in like yeah <laughs> like she's like a little shocked but she's also like wow like okay anyway do you want the small the standard or the large portion of yeah. the rice <laughs> yeah i think you were talking a little bit too about nomoto just like beaming and being so excited to to spend time with Kasuga. And something that I also was thinking a little bit about Nomoto is how much her design reminds me of Hachi from Nana. Oh, yeah. And specifically, like, her love for, like, making things for other people. Not only that, but she also does just look like Hachi from Nana. Yeah. But she's a little bit like if Hachi had unpacked all of her internalized homophobia (laughs) and grew up (laughs) to... And grew up and was like, okay, I'm ready to meet women. So real, honestly. <laughs> okay, what chapters hit you the hardest? What storylines and plot points would you say hit you the hardest? Man, uh, let's see. I really, I did honestly really like the times. It happens once in the first volume when um, uh, Nomoto gets her period and is is not feeling well. And uh, Katsuga, like, immediately is like, here, let me get stuff for you, like, and take care of you. I, mm-hmm. I really liked that one. But then in when it happens in volume two, actually, she actually is sick with a cold. And that's when she kind of is able to unpack all these feelings um, and realize that she is a lesbian. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, that honestly, it really, like, I feel like we talk about how much we hate coming out stories so much. But this, like, really... It's really hit for me. I know. I, I'm i so glad that you said this. I was smiling and nodding as you were talking because I wanted <laughs> to talk about the second... It, the fact that it's the second chapter of this manga is about Nomoto getting her period and being sick yeah. and Kasuga showing up to take care of her. And yeah. it was like, holy shit, like, I haven't read very many Yuri that even reference the characters having periods in the first place, yeah. let alone that have, like, shown another character, like, stepping up instantly unquestioningly oh yeah to provide care for i i want to say their partner even though they're obviously they just met at that point (laughs) but uh you know it's like oh the camaraderie too Mm -hmm. i i don't know it's just like it's very uh if you're somebody who gets a period you know how it is where you understand the pain of somebody going through the same thing you are and you want to you want to help them and you want to take care of them and also just oh the juicy juicy deliciousness of two characters like or a character caring for another character is like, oh. I know. But uh, Anna, even you say this too, but Kasuga even admits they have a conversation about it later. And Kasuga's like, oh, yeah, my periods are not bad at all. Yeah. I like have never had like any struggles with them, but I see another woman suffering and I'm just like, <laughs> I want to help. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, just going back to when Nomoto falls sick with a, with a cold in the second volume. 
I appreciated how clear the author was that that was a result of burnout as well. Yeah. In that, like, you can see Nomoto is struggling to carry herself at work. Like, her, like, she's in, like, the busy season at work. She's also trying to take care of Kasuga, even though it's very clear that Kasuga's like, I don't need anybody to take care of me. But it brings her so much joy. I know, I know. <laughs> and and I also appreciate that they have these conversations constantly throughout the whole manga where Kasuga's like, I don't want you to take care of me. I don't want you yeah. to feel like this is a burden. I never never want to put that on you i yeah. just want to support you in doing something that you love and if you love cooking and you love watching me eat food then i'll do that yeah i <laughs> you know I think the perfect example of this too is when moto's like i have the day off can i make you a bento for your yes and and katsuga's like no actually you can't you should enjoy your day <laughs> off and not be cooking and moto's like no 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 i really want to do it and so katsuga's like okay if you really want to do it I will accept it, but if even if you decide morning of that you want to cancel, just text me and don't worry about it. It's totally fine. And mm-hmm. ooh, the ooh, the healthy communication's hitting. <laughs> I know. Since when do we have healthy communication in a year? I, yeah, because actually that's a great segue. I think part of the reason why I really enjoy this is mm-hmm. that I think it's very, very typical for like these romance mangas to have the drama of like, oh no, I didn't tell so and so something, and now it's a misunderstanding, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, it's just it's so played out as a plot point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really nice that the drama is just from like trying to navigate and live your life basically, and it's not that like, oh, I didn't I didn't tell so and so this, and now I now I made up this whole story in my head. It was just very refreshing. Yeah, we don't need. You're you're exactly right, and also so. I feel like Yuri, when there's conflict, often it's either we've had a misunderstanding in communication and now we need to repair it, or it's how will society accept us, or it's how will I come to terms with the fact that I like a woman. Yeah. None of those are serious drama points here. Like, Nomoto having her lesbian awakening does happen in the series, but it's not... I would I would argue it's not the pivotal plot point. The chapter literally ends with her eating the food that Katsuga brought her and saying, like, it's okay that I like her. Yeah. And it is! And then, guess what? One chapter, open, close, done. And then we yeah. move back to, like, them just enjoying their lives. It's like, wow, we don't need to have so much conflict. But also, it's not fluff at the same time either yeah. it's like just normalcy it's good. oh it's so good i also really like too that they have that like her ending on like i am allowed to like this person because i think there can be a, a lot of societal expectations kind of around like i like this person like and i should maybe maybe i shouldn't like them maybe it's your straight friend or something and it's like this is a bad thing that i have these feelings and it's there's nothing inherently wrong with liking somebody mm-hmm. it's all right if you have these feelings even if they can't be reciprocated as long as you're not like harassing the person if they're not interested or something like it's all right to have a crush on somebody it's not inherently wrong mhm the exact quote that Nomoto says, saying to herself as she's thinking about Kasuga bringing her the ramen, you kind of popped into my life and I've made up my mind about what I want to do. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about it. It's perfectly fine that I've fallen for a woman. I'm allowed to like Kasuga-san. Oh. <laughs> God, it's so good. And too, she has that that whole understanding just comes from her thinking about it. It doesn't come from her having conflict with homophobes. 
Yeah. It doesn't, it, she doesn't have contact with them really at all other than her mom. Yeah. It's just her coming to accept her own feelings. It's really nice. I know. It's really nice. Uh, too, it's introduced very early on that, like, uh, she has her lunchbox with her at work and her mm-hmm. coworker sees it. He's like, oh, wow, like, that's so, like, what a nice lunch you have. And she was like, oh, yeah, you know, I like to cook. And then he's immediately like, wow, you're going to be such a good wife and girlfriend and mother. And it puts, like, such a sour taste in her mouth because that's not why she does it. She's doing it for her. Yes. And I liked that moment early on because it, I mean, that's like the lesbian experience, you know, of Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like, okay, you're living for a man. Anything you do must be for a man. Like, mm-hmm. I exist outside the existence of men. I am my, I'm my own person. I'm I know. <laughs> and and too, it, it kind of approaches, though more subtly, this idea of, like, there are stereotypical things that society expects women, and particularly straight women, to do, right? Yeah. And cooking is one of those things. And if you are interested in something that is considered stereotypically something that straight women do, misogynists are going to read that as just like, you're doing this for my benefit. Yeah. God, what else to say about she loves to cook, she loves to eat? I guess we shared a favorite moment, but did you have any other favorite moments? Um, Not really a moment, but I love every time that Yuzaki draws the characters in their chibi form. <laughs> yeah. I think that they look so cute. The art style is also, to me, really reminiscent of the Nana chibis. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Particularly of the Nana um, PSP and Nintendo DS game, mm-hmm. um, where they... I, I, I don't know how to even describe it without just sending you a picture of what they look like in that game. Isn't that the one where you get to move in next to them? No, that's the PS2 game. Oh. (laughs) In the PS2 game, you play as the third Nana who moves in with (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I love that. (laughs) I know, I also love it. We gotta release the light novel or virtual novel Gaze Gaze podcast experience where you are also named Aaron and you're on the podcast. <laughs> Listen, if we... I, here's the thing. I know other lesbians named Aaron. I have <laughs> been friends with other sapphic people named Aaron. Two of them, actually. Mm, um, wow. I, I feel like every time I meet somebody named Aaron, they are a lesbian, actually. Man, it's a gay name. So I'm so sorry. Chili is just like meowing right over me. But <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It's funny that you brought up the uh, the chibi because I, I have um, a screen cap of one of those moments where Nomoto is like thinking about her interactions with Katsuga and is they're in chibi form and she's like thinking of herself as like a lecherous person or like somebody who's imposing basically being like, come, I'm going to I'm going to cram this food down your throat and you're going to eat it and and Katsugi is just like too polite to tell her that she doesn't want to. But I I really like this aspect of mm-hmm. the manga of this like really caring about somebody but this kind of hesitation of not knowing if it's reciprocated or if you're doing too mm-hmm. much or if you're imposing and I really like that that gets resolved kind of naturally by Katsuya, like, repeatedly being like, I'm so happy you're doing this, and sharing her feelings, Mm -hmm. and it's just really nice, and it's a good reminder to, you know, like, tell your friends you love them, and that you cherish them. I really feel like Katsuya could have been made more into a stereotype of, like, 
I guess I don't want to say like more masculine forms of communication, but particularly oh, yeah. like as she is depicted as like quote unquote like the more mask partner. I feel like in mm-hmm. a lot of times in lesbian media, it's like okay, well then this character is going to have like communication problems. They're not going to be able to like express <laughs> themselves or like yeah, it, it's going to be a, the conversation is going to be a little bit stunted in that way. But that's never the case with Kasuga. No. She's just always very open about how she's feeling. To the point of being so authentic that she doesn't even at times, like, understand how Nomoto could get to that point in her thoughts, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which totally goes along with her character of, you know, wanting to experience the joys in life and experience, like, what br- makes her happy to the fullest extent. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, even so far as, like, she was eating pot stickers for the first time and like some drunk guy was like you can't eat pot stickers with rice you got to eat drink it with beer and so she she orders a beer and she downs the beer and she was like got any other suggestions and he he like backs off but she was like you know i i tried beer again but i didn't really like it with pot stickers i'd just rather eat them with rice and mm-hmm. that's the way i like it and so that's how i'm gonna do it <laughs> yeah exactly she was like i feel like beer is taking a valuable real estate in my yeah. stomach it could be better filled with rice <laughs> <laughs> fucking it's so good i know and and too it makes sense with her backstory too of being like i left my whole family to seek what i want in life and i know what it is and i'm gonna find it yeah to me very relatable character in that aspect really yeah aspirational (laughs) (laughs) um for research purposes, <laughs> at the end of volume two, I think it was, the author, they talk about how they took a break from like their BL manga in order to write this. And it was mm-hmm. it was good because they hadn't really been feeling in- inspired with that series. And so I was like, oh, a- another manga. Uh, I guess I'll read it. And so yes. that was Yui Shiro wants to be special to Takaki. And yeah, I <laughs> I finished the she likes to cook and she likes to eat. And then I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll check this out. It's only like five chapters or whatever. And uh, it is, <laughs> I mean, I guess just like comparing it to the other series, it's very smutty. Really? Uh, yeah, I guess not very. Uh, it could, I mean, it could have been more smutty. They, they, they have sex at the end. So like 18 plus only. But um Honestly, it had a lot of the same charm within the art style and the paneling and how everything is paced uh, that she likes to cook, she likes to eat does, and also kind of has the main conflict of the story is that uh, there are two co-workers and the one co-worker like gets drunk and like kisses the other one and then he's like, I'm so sorry I did that, but like I actually I do want to date you. And even though Takaki, he is pansexual in a past relationship, because he was pansexual, his boyfriend was like, you're not like me, actually. Like, and I also like if you're if you like women, just go date a woman. Like, why are you even dating mm-hmm. me? Um, which kind of like made him fear for future relationships. But the the two end up getting together. It sounds very much like cherry magic, quite honestly, but without oh. the magical component. Did you ever read or watch <laughs> cherry magic? I have. 
maybe just because they are office workers, <laughs> my, my yeah. brain is like, oh, yeah, the cherry magic. It's so funny because you're right. It's like very similar plot to cherry magic. I, I, cherry magic has more of the like, oh, no, what? I'm gay kind of aspect to it, which I don't. Yeah. It seems to me like just so just from reading the description of Yuichiro wants to be special to Takaki, it seems to me like more of the conflict in this series might be more related to cultural difference. Yeah. Does that check out? Because so I know that um, Yuichiro, he is like Hafu. He's half Japanese, half white American. And I think Mm -hmm. from my understanding, it was like the first kiss was more of like a, oh, like I was picking up on signs that like an American culture would have dictated that like we should kiss. Is is that how it plays out, or not really? It's just that he's drunk, and okay, uh, his coworker was like helping him to the train, and so they were holding hands, and then he's like, "Like I'm gonna go get you something to drink from the vending machine," and then he's like, "No, don't go!" Like, and then kisses him, ah, and then uh, Takaki like literally like backs away and backs onto the train and just leaves. <laughs> Which is a pretty good scene. But I I guess uh, an aspect of the manga since that moment is that uh, Yurichi, he, like, is very much like, I want to make sure that I have your, like, full consent. And so, like, before they even have sex, he's like, sign this consent form, which I actually kind of thought was obnoxious. Yeah. That is obnoxious. So I don't know if I would necessarily um, recommend it. (laughs) If you really, really liked, she likes to cook, she likes to eat. And you, you're just hungry for more. Um, maybe check this out. But it feels to me like as an author, they try to subvert some stereotypical tropes about Yuri and and BL while utilizing the tropes to subvert them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like to try to be like, okay, they had all of the, these like miscommunications, but now they're gonna have like healthy consensual sex. Yeah. It makes me interested to see where she loves to cook and she loves to eat goes. Then, if just because like purity and like a lack of sexual desire is a a very prominent eerie trope will that be subverted if so in what ways um i'm really interested to see what happens with volume three especially as i've already been spoiled on some of the twists uh that are about to come (laughs) so i'm very interested to see how that goes yeah for Um, sure because i know something we've talked a a lot about is like okay we're sick of the two middle school or high school girls having a chase yuri relationship and being like i love you and like the saccharine sweetness but never any of the sexuality of it Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like if you want to go in the other direction it's like if you're looking for yuri that has more sexual components a lot of it is the darker themes right yeah um where do you find the balance for male gaze yeah or for and or a combination of and or for male audiences so if you're looking for yuri that depicts like an authentic feeling natural feeling real life feeling lesbian relationship a lot of the time you're just not going to find one that features sex at all in it yeah yeah i don't know i just i genuinely though i really 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 love the series like yeah this is the first time that we've read or watched something in a in a long time honestly that i felt this excited about and i'm very excited for the next volume to come out we haven't talked at all about the drama oh yeah well that's because we didn't watch it (laughs) we didn't watch it um but what i will say is that there was a 10 episode drama that aired about a year ago it aired november and december of 2022 and there's actually going to be a 20 episode second season that will start in january 
Yeah, so it's going to be a total of 30 episodes of this drama. And the casting looks just immaculate. Both of the women that they've cast to play Nomoto and Kasuga are beautiful and so accurate to the manga. Yeah. Like, I'm very excited to watch it. I love it. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm also a little nervous just because I don't love watching, like, long-form television. And part of the reason I think why I did love the series so much is that I could read the first two volumes in under an hour. Yeah. (laughs) So now I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to commit to 30 hours of watching it. As much as I love them, that also is a lot of time, you know? (laughs) It's a lot of time, yeah. How long will they spend diving into the minutiae of, like... That one chapter of identity formation, how long will that be in the drama? That's what I'm wondering about, you know? Yeah. I'm also, I was so surprised. I just knew that they made the live action drama. I didn't know that it was 10 episodes. I I would have assumed that it was like like a movie or something because this seems like perfect movie length Mm -hmm. or like, yeah, like an OVA or something. Uh, One other thing I will say about the manga, too, is that it is, it's actually massively popular. The manga, it's it's a web manga. It's not physically published in a magazine, but it's published in a digital magazine. And then they've only gotten physical releases in the, like, full issues, you know, the volumes. That's Mm. the only physical releases they've gotten. And even with that, the manga, in 2022, it was ranked uh, as the second best manga for women, on the Kono Manga Ga Sugoi list, or the This Manga is Amazing list, which is a really long-standing list of, like, picking out the best manga of every single year. And this plays second. That's great. On the list of volume for manga. As it should. Manga for women. Yeah. What was first? Umika Hashiru Endroll. Hmm. Um, ooh, this looks interesting. Whoa, wait. The art of this is crazy. The art's beautiful. Um, The plot of Umika... Umika Hashiru end role is after turning 65 and bereaved of her husband, Umiko visits a cinema for the first time in decades. A shocking, life-changing event awaits her. When she meets Kai, an art student majoring in film, Umiko realizes that she wants to make a film. She realizes that she is on the side of the people who want to make films. Lured by the waves that stir her heart, the 65-year-old dives into the sea of film. Sounds interesting. Just a manga about finding joy in, in cinema. Wow. Anyway, that was the number one pick for women. The number one pick for men was Look Back, which I was reading a little bit about earlier today and also sounds interesting, but I don't think that I would really like it. It's about two girls that are going to make a manga and they have like a falling out. Also, sorry, spoilers for Look Back. If you haven't read it, if you've been wanting to read it, skip ahead like a minute or maybe two minutes. It, it's about two girls who want to make a manga. And so they they start all the planning, whatever. And then they have like a little bit of a falling out. And one of the girls goes to college and she's killed by an active shooter. Whoa. And the other girl like goes to visit her bedroom after she passes away. Um, and while she's in there, she's transported back in time and gets to relive and make different decisions to try to prevent her death. Whoa, okay, actually, I want to read that. That sounds so fucking good. (laughs) It's a one-shot. It's a single volume. So it is something you could sit down and just read. Man. 
yeah, anyway, that was the number one pick for men. The number one pick for women was the cinema one. How interesting. Yeah, but this was number two. So it is yeah. very popular. Um, And also it was rec- somewhat recently, uh, back in November of last year, featured, they pulled out an ad for Asahi Shimbun, which is one of the most prominent daily newspapers in Japan, because they were trying to promote a merchandising event that they were running. Did you hear it all about this? No, what happened? Okay, so check Notion to look at my pictures of the merchandise. But back in November of last year, the author collaborated to open a a physical storefront that would sell merch related to She Loves to Cook and She Loves to Eat. And they donated 100% of the proceeds to Marriage for All Japan, which is an organization that's advocating to legalize same-gender marriage in the country. And so they took out an ad in the national newspaper to promote it, a full-page ad. And um, the author also said, and this is a translation, but the author has said, I've always wondered why same-sex marriage has not been legalized in this country where there are so many GL and BL works and representations of homosexuality. While they're freely depicted in fiction, the rights of sexual minorities are restricted in reality. I want people who enjoy stories to be aware of such a situation. I wanted to do what I could as a person who depicts homosexuality. So I planned this She Loves to Cook and She Loves to Eat charity project. It can be with someone you love or by yourself. We want a society where everyone can choose the future they want. Why don't you join us in taking the first step toward realizing this goal? Wow. And along with that, the merch that they were selling was like pop sockets and stickers um, and mugs and tote bags that feature the characters with various pride flags. So there are Kasuga and Nomoto uh, pouring syrup on lesbian pride flag pancakes. <laughs> I I fucking love it. There's a character from volume three who is asexual as well, um, who has a piece of cake, which is a very iconic piece of food in the asexual community because of the idea of people saying, well, would you rather have sex or would you rather eat cake? And asexual people being like, well, I would always just rather eat eat the cake, you know? (laughs) Um, And there's also another character who we have not met yet with like a progress pride flag parasol and a rainbow flag beverage, a cocktail. So, um, yeah, the merch is cute. The tote bag is exceptionally cute. Just features a bunch of different, like, cookies. And then the two girls pose amongst all the cookies. Very sweet merchandise. But, yeah, pretty cool event. Man. The train's going by. (laughs) Oh, the train. (laughs) I can never hear the train whenever it goes by. You often can hear it in editing, like, or I have been able to hear it in editing. But I think maybe since I've moved my podcast desk back into the closet... Um, the irony of that, doing my gay podcast from a closet, is <laughs> is not lost on me. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. Well, I I think that kind of does wrap it up. I I think so too. I don't know if there's anything else. Uh, this gets my one hundred percent recommendation. Yeah, and also too to be clear, since we were talking about sex and stuff, like, um, honestly, I'm I feel so satisfied with this manga and. This author has such a good idea of the characters and they're so thought out that like if they have sex, if they don't have sex, like it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I, I, I'm just I'm like already on board. Like you felt like whatever happens, I, I'm here for it. Like yum, yum, yum. Delicious. Thank you for <laughs> saying what I missed and 100% what I'm also feeling. Like I literally yeah. don't care. I just think it is inter- like I am just curious to see what they do. Yeah, exactly. Like no matter what, I'm excited to keep reading. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I don't have strong feelings either way about the two of them having having sex, really. I don't. Yeah, even if it's like a fade to black moment or whatever. Like if it happens, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter. I'm getting all my joy from watching the two of them just loving and supporting each other. Honestly, the, their relationship has progressed so naturally i can really see them just kind of naturally like just like kissing one day and oh i want that like or just like holding hands even or something anything i know oh, they're so sweet oh, together we didn't talk about it but when kasuga has the moment where she like it reveals that she considers nomoto to be her family yeah. oh my god pulls in my oh heartstrings my and when she's like you cook for me and i come over to your apartment but what if we could have that all the time oh uh, anyway go read it if you haven't truly yeah. 100% recommended love this manga love it if you have that dang tote bag send it to me <laughs> i know <laughs> i need give me that to tote bag to no <laughs> no send it to me aaron and not <laughs> them aaron <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for, for listening and joining us this week. You should go follow us on Twitter at Gaze Gaze. I'm saying this very lackadaisically because I am not checking the Twitter actively. I'm really sorry. I'm just scheduling tweets at this point. I'm not actively using Twitter anymore. I still have not received any recommendations for other social media sites you'd like to see us on. If you have any, definitely send them our way. You can also always email us at erinagaysgays.com. Our email web host is not the best, but we do see every email that comes through. We just might not be able to respond instantly just because mm-hmm. the, the server that we not not the greatest um, about replying intuitively. We do have to like do a whole login process. Ugh. Has to be done on desktop. What's up with that? Anyway, you can easily reach us by email to send us thoughts, ideas, recommendations for other series um, that we should read, especially if you, there is a Yuri manga that you know of and or that you love that features fat or plus size characters characters that we've missed here i would really really love to know about it so yeah or if you've read uh she loves to cook and she loves to eat and you know of a yuri manga that's similar or any kind of media that's similar please let us know because we really enjoyed this Mm -hmm, i agree um i do also i know that there's a manga that's like going to be coming out soon i can't remember what it's called but it is about like a plus-size woman who owns a lingerie store who's going to be helping women Ooh. find the beauty in their appearance through lingerie, which I'm Ooh. very excited to read. I don't know that it's going to be Yuri, but I do think that it might be by the Birdie Wing woman, which makes me think Ooh. that it, I might be totally misremembering that. It might not be by the Birdie Wing woman. It might be by someone else, but that's one that I am trying to keep my eyes on but i also haven't heard anything about it for a little bit and i know that the last time i heard about it it had not come out yet so mm. anyway definitely send us an email at aaron at gaze gaze with any thoughts or recommendations that you have thank you to kate and leslie of neon and nude for letting us use their songs look in love and you pretty thing for our intro and our outro music you should go buy their album at neon and nude.bandcamp.com next week we should be doing queer for fear the documentary series about queer horror film um, and talking about some queer horror faves and what you should be putting on your horror watch list for the month of October. Yeah. Even if you're a weenie like me. (laughs) Even if you're a weenie, we are entering our three-episode mini-series as we do every year to focus on queer horror for the month of October. So I'm very excited about that. As a queer horror fan, deeply looking forward to it. As a person who also sometimes likes, sometimes I like the scary stuff. 
but usually not because it's very scary. <laughs> usually I like it despite the fact that it's scary. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I like these other things about it. <laughs> yeah. I like you being like, as a, as a queer weenie. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a weenie hut junior, queer. I know, yeah. <laughs> Lesbian weenie. <laughs> Until then, though. Until then, I'm Erin. And I'm Erin. And, and we are we're gay. gay. I gotta go find some food. Oh, yeah. I love to eat. I gotta go not cook some food. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Actually I want some food, too. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go. Let's go eat. Oh, yeah. Let's go eat. Yay. All right. Bye. Bye. If you love love like I love love